Sorry, comforters, are you all? Is there no limit to windy words or plagues that you are that you answer? I too could speak like you if I were in your place. I could compose words against you and shake my head at you. I could strengthen you with my mouth, and I could solace, and the solace of my lips could lessen your pain. Okay, he said, "I've I've heard a lot of stuff like this before. You guys are sorry comforters, <clears throat> you know." This this uh, kind of goes back to um, what uh, verse eleven, the consolations of God at fifteen eleven. Well, these aren't much consolation as far as Job's concerned. You know, he said, "What plagues you that you answer? You know, could you just be quiet for a while? You don't have to say anything." These guys don't really like each other too well by this point in time. Would you agree? They're kind of getting annoyed with each other. He said, if I were like you, I'd do what you're doing. Well, yeah, it's easy for the guy that's not suffering to criticize. You know, I could compose words against you, shake my head at you. Or I could strengthen you with my mouth and the solace of my lips could lessen your pain. I could actually do something to try to encourage you guys and help you guys if the tables were turned. That's what I could do. But yeah, I, I mean, it'd be no trick to shake your finger at the guy who's suffering. I mean, anybody can do that. But if the tables were turned, Job would really try to comfort them. Maybe they ought to think about that. Comments and questions? He turns the windy, windy phrase back around behind, doesn't he? He does, exactly. 15-2. Will the real windbag please stand up? <laughs> you talk too much. No, you talk too much. No, you talk too much. <laughs> So is he saying he could do it better, or he could say that he could do it just like they're doing? I think he's saying it's, it'd be no trick to do what you're doing. Anybody, you know, if they're not suffering, can easily point the finger at the one who is. I think that's what he's saying. You know, I, I could easily do that. I mean, you don't have to be bright to do that. But verse 5 says, I could strengthen you with my mouth, almost as a contradiction of what they're doing. Right. I think verse 4, he's saying, I could do what you're doing, but what I'd really do if I were in your place is verse 5. I, I think that's his idea. You know, it'd be easy. And he could do what they were doing with no trick. But what he really would do is comfort. He wouldn't be mean and vicious like they are. Verse 3, what plagues you? <laughs> Don't you like that? How would we say that today? <laughs> yeah, um... What's the matter? Yeah, what's, uh, what's eating here? <laughs> yeah, what kind of burr you got under your saddle? or? <laughs> You don't know that expression. Man, you guys are so young. Or oh, you're so old. <laughs> but having a burr under your saddle is... That's, I heard bird. That's, that's under. Oh, yeah, bird. bird. Like tweeting. I bird. Think said bird. You understand? Bird under your saddle? You, you understand the burr under the saddle. Yeah. Not the bird. That makes a little more sense. Yeah. <laughs> bird. The bird under the saddle. Hmm. It's worth two and eight. <laughs> 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 worth two and the halter, is that what you said? <laughs> uh, well, wow. <laughs> we never know what happens at the very end. Like, do they become friends again? Well, I mean, what we know is the three friends are um, exhorted by the Lord that they better turn to Job so that he could intercede for them to restore them to their relationship with but God. We, never see we don't see that happen. We don't know 
we happened. Don't really see what we assume that they were wise enough to do that, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know, it matters to us. We'd love to know yeah, the rest of the story. Yeah. But, but the point of this is more to just really highlight the problem. You know, we, the, what, what, what the friends, you know, what happens to the friends is not important because, you know, what we really, what we, really we are doing is showing the failures and the fallacies of the friends. And the friends add to this sense in Job of God's against me and I don't understand why and yet he still does the right thing. So, I mean, the friends serve several functions, but just finding out what they personally did after this won't really change anything in the book. I think they should be called the friends. <laughs> yeah. Friends is our term, I guess. Does it, uh, it, does it, it says, say? It does it say friends? That was clearly before. Yeah, I had three friends. Good point. Thank you. 211. But it does call them that prior to their beginning to speak. I don't know. Does he, does he use friends in uh, the last chapter? He may. Uh, so uh, let's see. Yeah, you against you and against your two friends. Well, that's Eliphaz's friends. Uh, I'm not sure that he actually calls them friends of Job. And what? Yeah, the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. So we know his, he prayed for his friends, but that's all we find out. Look at that egg on your face. Well, yeah. And after they've been so confident, so, you know, sure of themselves. It, it's a lesson in not overstating our case. You know? Wow. They are just cocksure. They've got it down. They know everything and don't bother, you know, confusing them with any of the real life facts. Bother me with the facts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and do we ever, I mean, we've all done that. You know, we've all just made confident, you know, absolutely certain assertions that were totally wrong. You know, and it ought to cause us to be more humble and more careful um, and, and not think that we have the answer to absolutely everything that comes along. And I think that's a temptation. We want to have the answers. And we, we get carried away with the way we look at things, or maybe with our own experience. Well, you know, it, it's like, you think about something like this. You know, isn't it easy, if we're doing okay financially, to assume that everybody else that's not is irresponsible, wasteful, lazy, you know, or something like that. Or if we're a healthy person, to assume that everybody that's sick doesn't take care of themselves, they don't eat right, you know, they, I don't know, they've got something. And we, you know, when you're doing okay, then in, in some area, then it's easy to think that anybody who's not, it's really just because they brought it on themselves. And I'm not saying that there's not some of that. And, and I don't think this book is saying that there's no suffering that is a result of sin. There is. Some suffering comes because of sin. That's pretty obvious if we look around. You know, some people are suffering the consequences of their sins. But it's trying to extrapolate from that to say all suffering is a result of sin. You know, is, is because of your personal sin. Or, you know, so can we say that, you know, some people's economic problems is because of their irresponsibility and, you know, lack of diligence and so forth? Well, yeah. Some people's it is. 
But you can't say that's true of everybody. Could you say that some people's poor health is because they don't take good care of themselves? Well, of course. And we see examples of that all, but that doesn't mean you can say everybody's is. But we have this tendency, we're not suffering something, therefore, you know, anybody who is, they just, they clearly brought it on themselves. Well, the, the friends were wrong about that in Job's case. And they should have been more careful. Comments and thoughts? Well, Job's not done. Are you surprised? <laughs> uh, he does have a lot to say. Uh, 6 to 17. If I speak, my pain is not lessened, and if I hold back, what has left me? But now he has exhausted me. You have laid waste all my company. You have shriveled me up. It has become a witness, and my leanness rises up against me. It testifies to my face. His anger has torn me and hunted me down. He has gnashed at me with his teeth. My adversary glares at me. They have gaped at me with their mouth. They have slapped me on the cheek with contempt. They have masked themselves against me. God hands me over to ruffians and tosses me into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, but he shattered me, and he has grasped me by the neck and shaken me to pieces. He has also set me up as his target. His arrows surround me. Without mercy, he splits my kidneys open. He pours out my gall on the ground. He breaks through, he breaks through me with breach after breach. He runs at me like a warrior. I have sewed sackcloth over my skin and thrust my horn in the dust. My face is flushed from weeping and dry darkness or deep darkness is on my eyelids. Although there is no violence in my hands and my prayer is pure. Wow. That is quite a speech. He says in verse 6, If I speak, my pain is not lessened, and if I hold back, what has left me? He's saying I'm in a no-win situation. If I speak, it's horrible. If I'm silent, it's horrible. I'm miserable either way. Might as well speak. Being silent doesn't help. So he's going to say what he's on his mind because it doesn't really change anything. Look at verse uh, 8. Talking to God, you have shriveled me up. It has become a witness. My leanness rises up against me. It testifies to my face. That's, that's exactly what's happening here. Do you see what he's saying? Talking about his physical condition? Does what? Well, the fact that he's in a bad way physically, that suffering is another witness against him. Exactly. What he's suffering are used to bear witness of his guilt. It's the evidence they find that he's a sinner. So all the things he's going through, not only does he have to go through them, but then he has to live with the fact that they prove to everybody how terrible he is. So if you look at that again, you have shriveled me up. It has become a witness. My leanness rises up against me. It testifies to my face. You know, all the things that I suffer just come back around to hit me in the face, proving I'm a horribly guilty sinner. That is the problem. Don't ever forget, Job is not as bothered by what he's suffering as by what, what he's suffering means. It means God hates him. 
it means he's being treated like a terrible sinner. That's what bothers him. He's not, he wouldn't be bothered by the suffering if it weren't for the fact that that tells him how God views him. This is all his view, his, the way he sees it. But look at all the different things he sees God doing to him. In verse 9, uh, do you, 9 and 10 really, how is he seeing God? God's a hunter. I don't even think hunter is the best description here. Lion. Yeah, like some wild animal. You know, his anger has torn me and hunted me down. He's gnashed at me with his teeth. My adversary glares at me, gaped at me with their mouth. You know, I, I just see him as thinking of the Lord as this, maybe like this lion or bear or whatever that's just, you know, just, just ready to destroy him. All he is, just mauling him. That's how he sees God. Can you imagine looking at God and that's what you're seeing? God's just kind of like straddling him like a wild beast looking down on his powerless prey. That's, that's sad. Look at verse 11. What does God do? Tosses him into the hands of evil ones. Yeah. Namely these friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so God just throws him to the dogs, to the wolves, maybe we'd say. Verse 12. What does God do? First, first two, first two thirds of verse twelve. He's disturbed him from his ease and and done what? Shaken him to pieces. Yeah, grasped him by the neck and shaking him. I don't know exactly the idea here. Is God like a wrestler or just like you know grabbing him and just shaking him for all he's worth? I'm not sure. In the end of verse 12 and verse 13, what's God doing? Putting a big old bullseye on his chest. Yeah, God's like an archer that's using him for target practice. That's kind of sad. And then he splits my kidneys open, he pours out my gall on the ground. Maybe that's because of the arrows. Maybe the arrows, you know, managed to uh, get into the kidneys and, and the, I don't know, what, where does gall come from? I guess the gall of butter. Produced by the liver. Okay. Um, and then like verse 16, 14 rather, he's like a warrior, like a stormtrooper that keeps just coming up against him, breaching, breach after breach through the wall. He runs at me like a warrior. You know, it's just, man, God is just, for Job, God is constantly against him, constantly beating him down. You know, and I love verse 15. How sad is Job? not just wearing sackcloth that he can take off. He's sewed it on so that he can't take it off. <laughs> yeah. And it still doesn't do any good. He's just grieving and mourning constantly so he just sewed the sackcloth on him. That way he doesn't have to bother to take, take it off and put it back on. You know. Isn't that, that, that's about as bad as it could get. You know, he's just in a perpetual state of lamentation and grief. You've thrust my horn in the dust. His horn would be, you know, whatever was... Uh, a symbol of strength, of honor. God's just taken that and rammed it right into the ground. You know, pushed it down in the dirt. He's just the epitome of dishonor now. My flesh, my face is flushed from weeping. 
deep darkness on my eyelids. He pretty much cried his eyes out. Although there's no violence in my hands and my prayer is pure. All of this, and yet he's innocent. He didn't do anything. Boy, this is... Can you imagine feeling like this? It's the pancreas, not the liver, that produces the gall. I really? Got that wrong. Well, pancreas secreted insulin. Well, gall too. Well, I have no I idea. So. <laughs> Quick, somebody Google it. Mm-hmm. I just figured the gall bladder ought to have something to do with gall. I don't know. It stores it. Okay. It's. Yeah. Well, the gall. It's the gall warehouse, I guess. He could have used that on his friend. You guys have a lot of gall. <laughs> <laughs> Mine split open and yeah. worn out everywhere, but you guys. Yeah. Thoughts and comments through 17. I thought the past tense of so was sown. He says, I have sowed. I don't know. Maybe he didn't use good grammar. <laughs> I've sown. Gall is a greenish brown liquid which the liver produces. Oh, I had it right the first time. Yeah. Insulin, pancreas, liver, gall. Oh my. Well, there you have it. The past tense of sow. Yeah. Well, he said, I have sowed it over my. So, sowed, sowed. I thought it was sown. Sown. I sowed a lot of things. I've but he said, I don't say sewed. I, sewed. I, 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 I vote for sewed, but. I, well, I, I said, said it, it, or it was sewn. It was I have sewed. Up. sewed. I've sewed it. I've sewn it. What is the past tense of? I've sewed it. How about that? I wow. stitched it, okay? I stitched <laughs> it. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. <laughs> That's why I never learned about lie, lay, lay, and laid. Uh, just use a different word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put it down. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's no use trying to figure those out. They're impossible. So. Oh, well. All right. Uh, anything else through verse 17 besides grammatical uh, nicety? I have, have sewed. S-E-W-E-D? Yeah. Past tense of sewed. 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 We learned something new. So yeah. it is so. All kinds so of we're not going to use it. Because <laughs> sewing sounds better. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Well, you wouldn't use sewing that. Huh? I've sewn it on or I've sewed it on. It's also good. What did you do yesterday? Tasha sewed yesterday? I sewed yesterday. I I'm have sure. sewn it on. Is sewn the adjective? So what? Sewn is the, probably the adjective. Alright. How about 18 to 22? <laughs> my word did not cover my blood and let there be no resting place for my cry. Even now, behold, my witnesses in heaven and my advocate is on high. My friends are my scoffers. My eye weeps to God. Oh, that a man might plead with God as a man with his neighbor. For when a few years are past, I shall go the way of no return. Really interesting. O earth, do not cover my blood. Now, do you know what that means? Referring to Cain, what did you say, Ryan? He's going to lose his blood and he's going to die. Yeah, but why doesn't he want the earth to cover his blood? The 
Cain idea is correct, but but not he's not referring to Cain specifically. He doesn't want it to be forgotten. He wants to. He wants his blood to still be crying out for justice. Exactly. He doesn't want the injustice of the crime being done to him covered up. You know, he wants that the the outrageous you know treatment against him to continue to cry out for for vindication it's just not right he's almost appealing for revenge against his wrongful death but it's almost saying against god since he thinks god's the one that has is unjustly killing him which is kind of you know interesting but then he turns around and he says in verse 19 even now behold my witness is in heaven and my advocate is on high. My friends are my scoffers. My eye weeps to God. Who can he turn to to, to be to, to show his the justice of his cause? Who is the just one? It's the Lord. So he turns to God. Uh, to vindicate his case against God. That's really, really, I think, what he's doing. He certainly can't turn to the friends. They're a bunch of scoffers. He's got to appeal to the Lord. You know, he believes that God on high is just and that God on high will convict God of injustice. It, it, obviously, that's a contradiction. Uh... But, but on the one hand, I do believe he believes God is just. I mean, it's the only place he can turn, and yet look at what God's doing to him. And he's just, he's, he's gripped in the contradiction of that. But there are several times when he will appeal to the Lord to vindicate him. Again, when he says, my witness is in heaven, my advocate is on high, you can't help but see that Jesus answers that need. That need for someone to plead his case with God and, and, you know, help him be restored to God. And he wishes he could just directly talk to God. You know, oh, that a man might plead with God as a man with his neighbor. You know, it, it's just frustrating that he can't, you know, if, if he could just explain this to the Lord, he knows God is just. God will do the right thing. So you, you just really see Job's struggle in this. But Job would have no struggle at all if he didn't believe that God was just. Then if God was just a wicked God, then okay, he's getting punished by a wicked God. You know, that could mean he's done everything right and he's got a wicked God punished. But because he believes God's just, then the punishment he's receiving is so hard for him to deal with because he hasn't done anything. But he doesn't give up on God. I mean, he's gonna, he says some of these things that are outrageous, then he'll turn right back around and appeal to the justice of God. I really like that. I think that's really helpful to us to see that. And we may have times where we don't understand why God is doing certain things, allowing certain things, and we may be upset with him. But then we turn to him and, and cry out to him for help, and we end up with confidence that God will take care of us. There, there are, go ahead. I'm just trying to remember if, is Job saying, or has he said before, the reason I'm having this problem is because God doesn't know all the circumstances and he's made a mistake? 
Uh, he came pretty close to that at one point, but I can't remember just exactly where that was. Where he uh, kind of implied, um, you know, kind of like 10, uh, maybe 10-4, have you the eyes of flesh, or do you see as a man sees? Um, so, I mean, it's like, he, he, he toys with that idea. Is it because you can't see it cor correctly? But he pretty much refutes that in that context. Because okay. I was just trying to think of, kind of like, what was, what's the, what mistake has God made that's allowing Job to suffer? Is it, he's not, it, it's not that he, it, he doesn't Job know. knows it's, Job knows God is just. But yet God's not just. I mean, he, he's back and forth. Okay. It, 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 he can't reconcile what he knows about God with what he sees. Okay. So he, he goes back and forth on some of those questions. Anything else on chapter 16? Um, 17, 1 to 5. 